Hello everyone, this is You've Got 5 Options, a radio show where we prove that 5 is a magic number. Our experts will give you 5 tips on how to make your private or professional life better. We will solve your life challenge by giving you 5 different options to choose from. And our guests will answer 5 exciting questions while live on air. Tune in and feel the magic of five. Hello everyone, this is Marta. And this is Anna. And this is You've Got Five Options show. Yes, and this is the first time when, uh, additionally to our audio recording, we will also make a video recording, which you may or may not see. That depends on how it will look like. We, we have high hopes, but we are also realistic people, so we, d we don't know yet. Uh, but uh, I just realized, Marta, we will need some kind of a different type of introduction because I had no idea what to do with myself when our intro was playing and I was recorded and I was looking weirdly at the camera and uh, then at my computer. So I think we need a cool intro for the video if we will do it. Yes, and it uh, also definitely requires getting some used to uh, and seeing yourself is definitely like, mm -hmm. you know, you're kind of freaking out. But... We are talking stuff here and I would like to announce to everyone that today is the most important day of the year. It is. Yes, it is. It's Anna's birthday. Yes. Yay. Congrats. Happy birthday. It, it, thank you Happy very birthday. much. It's, it's so, so to happen that I'm turning 30 again and I'm very, very happy. And uh, I think birthdays is very special. Thank you, Marta. It's a very special day in uh, every everyone's uh, life. And my birthday is especially special for me. Uh, and I would like to wish everyone uh, my happy birthday to you. So I want everyone to have a fantastic day on 8th of February because it's just awesome day. Yes, we are definitely planning to do so. We have your birthday cake ready. Uh, we have yeah, a I, I dinner heard. ready for you. Uh, stuff will, it will be a good day. Yes, I, I've heard that you are preparing something behind my back. Kind of, yes. We, which are now a very big bag. So it's. Uh, so yeah. that's why you also know a little bit. <laughs> it's yes. not entirely surprised. <laughs> yes, I, I know something, but I don't know much. So uh, there is apparently a surprise for me. Yes, but I'm now excited. all our listeners know that this is an important day. It's 8th of February. It's Anna's birthday. And we are happy here at the studio, even though maybe the topic today will, is not necessarily all that uh, joyful. It's a very important topic, though. And we have a guest with us. And our guest, his name is Reth. And I'll ask you to say your name in full, please. Reth. Yes. Reth. Well, like also, there comes something ap apart from Reth, right? Reth Kawangyak. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> because I think we can do fine enough with Reth, but the rest, it's, it's a little bit difficult when you come from Poland and... Yeah. Kawaniak? And all the way from Africa, Kawaniak. so yeah, I can understand. Okay, but Kawaniak <laughs> sounds actually quite Polish. But mm. it comes in, it's two names. Kawaniak? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, you're saying it right. I mean, yeah. Okay. Kawaniak. Yeah. The way you pronounce it. Yeah, well. we have some Kawaniaks in Poland. <laughs> Just mean, we, we write, write it uh, together, you know, Kawaniak. If, if you ask in my village, and they will actually 
say that they, they will understand the name that you're asking for. Thank so, you. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very, very good. So welcome, Reth, to our show. We are truly honored uh, that you have agreed uh, to come and tell your story today. And uh, to you, our listeners, I'm just going to give you a short intro. What will the show be about? And then we will talk about Reth, uh, introduction to Reth. Uh, so we have five themes of finding your own roots when they've been stolen by the war. So as you can hear, that's a, a serious and important topic to discuss. And we will talk about losing your roots in the war and how it impacts you. Uh, how does it work with your roots and can you find your roots in a refugee camp? We will also talk about can you truly grow roots in a new country, new culture, where you don't have your family with you? And uh, finding your family and growing your roots again. And uh, then we will also have a surprise question that I will not tell our listeners what that question is so that you have to listen until the end of the show to know this super awesome question. <laughs> yes. Marta, and you are very much in a mood awesome. for surprises today, aren't you? <laughs> well, I told at least four themes out of five. That's mm. uh, good enough, isn't it? It's, yes. it's good enough. It's but good it enough. may or may not have something to do with apocalypse. So, uh -huh. yes. Uh, uh, it may so or just may not. To, uh, so just to tease a little bit. Okay. Hmm. Yes. What a twisted logic. It may or may not have to do something with Apocalypse. Surprise. Okay, yes. we will wait. We will I wait knew, for that. I knew that you will be... Uh, flabbergasted. Will be yeah. We are flabbergasted. But uh, maybe it's good that we are putting a little bit of a, of a smile on our faces because I just listened to this... Uh, to this uh, recap that you made, Marta. And uh, yeah, those are heavy topics. Those are not topics that we will probably uh, make a lot of laughter. So it's good that we are at least smiling at the beginning. Yes. And yeah. hopefully we can also smile at the end because the story does have a happy ending. And I have met uh, Reth's uh, wife and daughter, and it definitely has a happy What a lucky guy, a beautiful wife and Thank a beautiful you. daughter. Thank you. So Thank hopefully you. we can also finish with uh, Yeah, but by the way, your daughter, how old is she right now? She's two, actually, nearly three months. Three months, yeah. Uh, two if, days, actually. She will be 10, three months. Okay. If in the future she will say that she saw a very weird white lady doing weird coochie-coochie to her, that was me, and <laughs> tell her she should not be worried. Because <laughs> sometimes I imagine how we adults must look in children's eyes doing those. We're like, ooh, you, you. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Guilty as charged. Yeah, but she's way she's too cute. cute. That's she's that's she's really just it's, adorable. It's a crime. <laughs> it's a crime, really. Yes. <laughs> Okay, Reth, but let's start with you. Tell us in a few words, who are you? Well, it's actually, it used to be a difficult question to answer who I am because it's like asking me how old are you or when are you going to go back to where you live? So I'm um, a refugee boy. That's how I describe myself. Uh, a child without childhood. My childhood being stolen by war. Uh, and I can go on, but I think the, the name that actually I used to introduce myself, the child without childhood, I didn't get the chance to be a child. Okay. And uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what do you do? What's important for you in your life right now? How do you spend your time? Right now, actually, I feel like I own the community, all the people 
of of Denmark something that to give back because I've been rescued in the places where maybe I wouldn't survive. Right now I would be I would be killed or by guns or a sickness or a disease. Uh, so right now coming to Denmark and finding my roots again or finding the way and understanding what went wrong so it gave me a power or a motivation to to help people in need. So um, I'm really day and night I want to try anything that actually to give what actually I get yeah. give it back to the people. So and that was actually the result of of actually forming the Sudanmark organization which maybe you guys heard about it non-profit organization where we provide clean water in the rural areas uh, for fishing nets and also to to share my story with the with the with the Danish society to know that actually there's a world out there there's a people that would not be lucky to start their life and just to share their stories because I believe we all have stories as human we all have stories it doesn't matter how big or small and if we come together and share our story we will be better understanding and we will know the world around us yeah so from what we've heard about you you actually give in quite beautiful ways give back in quite beautiful ways because your occupation is actually to help disabled people right this uh, is what you do for a living so to speak and additionally you are a part of that organization so Denmark exactly and to our listeners uh, the information about the organization will be on you've got five options uh, facebook page and at the fiveoptions.com so if anyone or in the show notes of this podcast if you are listening to us as a podcast so if you are interested on how you could actually help out and also give a little bit back uh, to the humanity you are very welcome to uh, to find it there and um, yes so I actually have a question uh, to you and I understand that it's quite a difficult question for you but uh, what are your roots <laughs> tell us a little bit about that well I was born and I would say today actually I used to say I don't, I don't even remember how old I am but I've been told that I was born in the 80s. In the beginning of, before the war, I was living in the cattle camps. I would take care of the animal, goats and cows, and that was actually the livestock we have back home. Uh, so I was grown up with, I was actually living with my grandparents, and I was taking care of the cattle, happy boy, and does actually what all the boys do, uh, we're playing around, and go to the poorest, the jungle, and get fruits that for free that you don't need to pay. You don't need yeah. to go to the supermarket to get it. Uh, until the war reached into the, to, I mean, until the war reached into the, to my town, because I've been taken from the village to the to the city so I could go to school. That was my uncle uh, who, who told the family that Rath should come back, should come to the city so you can go to school. Yeah. So, yeah, so I came to the school I came back to start my grade one uh, under the trees because that, that was not that was not real property school. That was like people was under the trees, and that when we start our ABC, uh, and then uh, so and that's when actually things turn where the happiness or everything that I can remember from back home, which actually I could call my roots. That's when actually the beginning of the dark day. Mm. Uh, f- from that time, and then that when uh, war broke out in a place called Nasser. And uh, one day uh, we was at the city being attacked, and then there was actually a, a, a clash between the two groups. 
Uh, and then it was uh, it just for me, it was like the world ending. I didn't know what war was uh, as a child. You can maybe eight or seven years. I didn't know what actually what was war about. I thought it was just a kind of game. Uh, and, and me and the boys, we was actually not taking it serious. We was taking it lightly because we thought that just this is mm-hmm. kind of uh, kind of the game. Until uh, we saw the dead people being, mm. I mean, people being killed around, and if anything, any live, I mean, any living thing that was around that time was running a different direction to survive. Even chickens, the animals, they running different direction to survive, and you can see the smokes all over, like and the bombs, and you know, and the sound of guns everywhere. So uh, I'm the older out of five. We are six. I mean. I'm the older one, and um, at, at that time, my little sister, Nishan, was actually based in Australia right now. She went there as a refugee. So, and uh, my, my mother and the little brother, Taban. So we was running that different direction together with our mother. And on the process, then I lost contact with mom, and then she ran a different direction, and I continued running with the, with all the, with the people, because it seemed like people are running in a different confessions uh, uh, and when, when the city attacked. So, so we just uh, we just run toward Ethiopia. As a child, I don't know actually where Ethiopia was at that mm. time. So, on the process, then I lost the contact with mom, and and yeah, enough in the refugees camp without her. So basically, you lost your roots. The, something that is the most important to us as children: mm-hmm. your mother, your home, basically in one day. Everything. It my favorite food that I like the most. I can't get it in the refugees mm. camp or where we are. So there's so many things that I lost with it seen that day. So I can uh, call that day is actually the, the darkest day when the war began. Mm. Uh, the people can maybe asking that if there's a cars and, and all this bling bling, the light and everything, we don't have those things, but we have, there was a, what mean roots were there? Like, you know, the happiness that uh, you have your own cow that you don't go to the market and buy. You don't need to work, sweat to get it. You get your own base family where your grand forefather was born. Yeah. So uh, it's well, yeah, yeah that was uh, the world that mean a lot, and I always say that it's the world that mean a lot was not when, uh, when this when the war broke out. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, that's uh, you know we being here we cannot even imagine uh, you know what could have uh, that been uh, like. So I'm not gonna even pretend uh, that uh, I could possibly understand what you were going through. So I will just uh, continue asking. Um, so then you got into a refugee camp in Ethiopia. Yes, on the on the process, uh, I would actually explain a little bit of the journey. The journey was we had to run from to the place that we don't know. There was no GPS or anything that yeah. show you if you run this way, then you will eat the Ethiopia. We just we just running nowhere. And that on the process, there was actually on the way there was a wild animal and the people actually were handing us down it's still there so people was running away from the the, the they take care of themselves from the, the enemy the the attackers and then also you was actually looking after yourself for the wild animal so and then yes we reached ethiopia the first of the refugees camp called dima uh, and then um, and then we settled there and we get uh, the food item that been preferred by the unhcr the united nations so they give us uh, a little bit for that timing. And that time was really tough for me as a child because I was just being with other relatives. But my mom, I didn't know what actually where my mom was. And as a child, you still think, okay, it was a joke for the first day. But the second day and the third days and the week gone and month, you might still asking yourself, my mom should be here now cooking for me. 
but now ending up in the place where there's only all the men, which technically responsible as a big brother, even though they were not biological brothers, but they took initiative to 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 make to prefer something for everybody. So that when you know that things are getting in a, not in the right direction, so then you will realize that there's something actually is, is wrong here, yeah. and that's when it come to to my attention that uh, that my that something is wrong here. My mom and I miss my mom a lot and. But but because there were so many guys who have been in the same situation as me at the time, so we 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 just move on, and then just you know it as something you you need your family members. But if you ask some of the boys about, I mean, their family, maybe some of them will tell you that the family members been killed, mm. and you will find yourself, oh, okay, my family they are not killed, but I don't know where they are, and then it will make mm. you silent from asking more questions because you will get actually like other stories worse than yours. If you're gonna keep asking uh, questions, so yeah, then we came to refugees camp, the first refugees camp uh, where we stay there along, and we have to to make a living. And the refugees camp, there's no, I wouldn't before I didn't knew there was a better world than the refugees camp because that's where we get our uh, basic school, uh, and then we talk about uh, I mean the the people around us. I come from the community where where we pass the stories from. Uh, person to person, mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. by writing. Mm-hmm. So it was very important that you get the right people who tell you exactly what has happened. So I managed to get the story uh, of what has happened, like the war that killed 2.5 million, over 2.5 million, and it one of them is my father, so claimed by that war. So when they told me what's, what happened and what happened to your father and what happened, what this Arab did to you and... So it's giving us more information. We get more information. So I would say the cameras giving us information within the circle you are in. But that's nothing that you don't have hope for tomorrow because you don't know how the tomorrow will bring, what tomorrow will bring. So you just leave for the day and you have one meal a day. Mm. Like there's no uh, breakfast and, and lunch and all this. You have only one meal a day. And we've been provided only, actually, only sorghum. A sack of of, of of sorghum or something. That's and then a little bit, maybe two liter of oils for the thirty people or forty people who live in the same place. Mm. So we we're just surviving, making a living. Mm. So anyone who have no family members in the camp have to find a way to to make a living. And I had to 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 find a way because after two years, find out that my mom wouldn't come. There's no phone that I can call and asking her where she is. She was um, she was on the other side of the of the country, and then they went back to the village again. And then they was told that the boys are in school and is together with the family members, but randomly I was just ending up in the refugees camp with the relatives. Yeah. So even though you have relatives that take care of you, it's not the same as having your own mother no, and a course. father. So so yeah, at that time, so I trying to make a living also by selling. Um, I go to to the city to buy. The candle and candies, all small things, and then I, the food items, and then I would bring them to the camps and then sell them. So I could increase if I put two krona in it, then I would sell it for 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 three krona. So I get one krona extra on it. That's mm-hmm. that's how I I do uh, business actives to survive. And secondly, I open. I was working in the tea shop, so where I was in the waiter, where I send serve the people, so I could get the small money. So this for my books and for the pens and pencils, because we don't get them in the UN. If we get them, but there was a people ahead of us that collect those things. So the ordinary refugees, they don't get this help. 
So we only get this, uh, what I call the, the sorghum, the mice, and, and oil. But all this clothes and everything, we don't get it. So you have to find your own way. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, can I ask you a couple of questions? Yeah, I was sure. listening and then I, of course, they popped out. First of all, you, you mentioned that uh, you had to get to the to the camp and, of course, no GPS, so you just had to. I cannot even imagine that. And uh, the wild animals also gave me a, quite a picture. How many days, weeks it took you to, to get there? We are, talk we are talking about 500 miles. Like, it's, we're not talking about uh, days or hours. We're talking about month on the way oh my god to get there because we walk by feet we don't have and there's yeah. no cars there's no paper roads that can lead you to the to the to the, the mm -hmm. city or if you have the way then there's no money uh, yes. so we were just walking and yeah it took us couples of months to reach to ethiopia oh my god so it was months on a road yeah months on the road so. in, in in a constant danger yeah, because when people walk until they can't do it at, until the end of the day and then you sleep wherever you mm -hmm. you can get water because it's important actually to sleep next to the where you can get water and then you can sleep there the next day yeah you continue the journey so i assume that when you reached the camp it was uh, it was a huge relief at the beginning, it, it was, it was, but it still worries because you yeah, you, you come as a as you you come as a family and then only maybe one of you end up in that camp. Yeah. So you still thinking, oh, where is the rest of my family? Mm -hmm. So even they were released in that way. Of course, it was released. Then the war, there was no war. I mean, there was no guns. There was a silent mm -hmm. of guns. There was no immediate, the immediate danger. Danger that one, but. Uh, I mean, psychologically, physically, as like more, you know, people, mm -hmm. the wounded people, and this who made it to the camp. Yeah, yeah that was course. actually the worst part, but it was better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I would imagine that when you are going, uh, it's it's just basically, you know, um, a march to survive. Mm -hmm. And then you have this constant physical danger mm -hmm. of, of a nature and mm -hmm. of enemy. Mm -hmm. And then you are reaching the place mm -hmm. where you can feel at least on some minimum level safe, mm, mm. then the other thoughts actually have place to come in. Like, where is my family? Mm. Where is my mom? Because maybe you had some other things that were first, you know, mm. security, True physically, that. you yeah. know. So uh, I was wondering if that was the case. It was. And, and for there was the other thing that helped me as a child, because I didn't know what was this, because I actually yeah. didn't know what dangers waiting me. Because if I knew it, and I knew that what's going I could predict the future at that time. So actually, I could have returned back mm -hmm. to reunion with my mom. But because I thought that for the first two days, it was like, oh, I, I have with my all my friends that I used to play with, they are here with me. So so it's not that was, we can do it together. Yes. Until we, we actually experienced like, the people who die of starvation and people were dying of, uh, of actually, uh, they, they can of, of, of no water because they don't get any yes. no water. That's the task. Hydration. Uh, on the way, on the process. That's when, as a child, that's when you get things really serious, like seeing dead people, people that yeah, have been course. shot dead, and then that when you say, oh, this one is not fun anymore as I thought it was, mm. you know. So, but it's caused, by the time it's getting more deeper. The first two weeks, the first, even though we will feel it in our feet, because I was actually was just walking bare feet. Mm -hmm. In my village, people only got, if I have a, a one pair of shoes at that time, uh, and I only use it when I'm going to church. At that mm -hmm. time, when the war broke out, you didn't collect things that, it's not like, you can't pack everything. Yeah, you course. just live to survive. And so I was running without any shoes. So 
and uh, and and when I reached Ethiopia, then my shoes was actually, you know, is is wally. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really uh, tough, and then I feel it also in my body. My body was tight, all over. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were there in the refugee camp, at the beginning you had some of your friends that you used to play with and some relatives. Yes, it was, a, it, you know, it was a, like a town. And, you know, in, in Africa or the village that I come from, people are more connected. The people who live next to you are not just neighbors, it's your family members. Mm-hmm. So when this thing happened, there was actually more people who were actually relatively in in, in, in one way or others. So that when they come together in refugees camp, so again, the, the nearest one, the nearest relative that was in that area, that's a person that actually will take care of you as a child, say, come here, we will go together. So yeah, so there was a people that were relatively with, 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 uh, with me, that even me, I don't know that. I just thought that I know this, the son of this person, I used to play with them, but yeah. the really where we connected, I don't know. So mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, so with the people there who, who, was, uh, who was connected with us relatively. So there was a quite strong sense of community in those uh, difficult times, as yes, I Yes, it was. And that's when the people actually, that's when you see the beautiful side of the people. And, and, and for me, as I, I see, there was so many people that we just used to, to know my father before, before his life been taken away as a soldier. They know him who he was, and that one, that love actually was passed away to me. They, mm-hmm. they was like, oh, this is the son of Kawang, and we take care of him. And they been actually showing me love uh, at the same way they was take care of me. Of course, there was still something missing. You know, your own father and your own mother would give you a different thing that than a relative would give you, you know. But there was that. They were trying to show that part, give that part to us. Yeah. And not only for me, but also other boys who were there. We were so many, we had plenty of guys who have no family there. Mm-hmm. So the, the refugees camp. So. so how many years did you spend in the refugee camps? The first refugees camp was Finyanduk, and then uh, I went to another refugees camp called Sherkola. That refugees camp, I was told that to your reunion with the rest of my family, my sister and my uncle. And then we went to Sherkola from there. Uh, I don't know what happened. Then my uncle had to go again and then leave us with my sister in the refugees camp uh, in Sherkola. And then from there, the UNHCR wanted remove the refugees from this place to another place. Okay. So I had to took a journey again with my sister, only me and my sister, and I think she was like uh, seven years, six years at that time. So oh we God. had only taken a journey with the rest of the, f- of the family members, the rest of the community who was living to at the, the Dima refugees camp. So I, all in all, I've been living in a refugees camp for six years in three different refugees camps. Okay, and, and within, all of them Ethiopia. were in Ethiopia, In yes? Ethiopia, yeah, or the neighbors' country. Uh, can yeah. I ask you a question? You, you said that you, you were relatively young, you don't remember exactly your age, but Ethiopia is a neighboring country. It's a neighboring country, yes. So I'm thinking, because we were talking about losing your roots, of mm. course you lost your family, mm. you didn't know where they are, and you lost your daily life mm. as a child. Mm. Uh, did you felt that you are in a different country or that was not such a big factor? Because I could also imagine that, you know, you are not in your own country as well. Was it, was it, could you sense it uh, being that age? Yes, it, it was. I mean, you can feel that, you can feel that the environment is not really welcoming the same way. Because, okay. because the only 
home that you feel home is a central refugees camp you are in with your people. But when you go outside the refugees camp and buy something, you will find people who will tell you bad words. Why you are here, you should go home and all this. So in, in, in this way, actually, you feel missing that, oh, I'm, I'm not home, I'm somewhere. Okay, so, so you could actually feel a hostility from the people who were Ethiopians. You, you see it for some. Yes. But then you still feel it from other people because, you know, we're all human. And there's yes, a people, there's a bad and a good people. You course. will find people that will always come out of, there's the good that people will agree yeah. on. You will yeah. say, so, so and, and, and that way, when you go to buy something, like me, when I go to the big city, of course, I, to, the, to, the, to the town to buy things that I can sell. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I meet with the people that will just rope me with my little money I have. And, yeah. and you can go to police and tell, hey, they roped me. And who are you? You're refugees. So you have no value, you know, like, like the other people. So you, you can just go back empty hand to, to the refugees camp and then make sure that you raise another money so you can come. Mm -hmm. uh, so, of course, the days, they never been the same. So the day that you can be successfully buy things and then luckily nobody will rope you on the way. So those are the things that you can actually feel, well, it's If it's home, I will go to the local police. It, yeah, it will of help, course. It will help me, and I will actually punch people who know people. But here, you are refugees, and you don't have that, you know, you don't have this power, too. You don't have that connections, uh, enough connection that can help you out in your danger yeah, of or your situation. So I guess you, you feel like a, a part of your rights as a, as a human yeah. are just That's being taken because yeah. you cannot take the, you cannot execute the same justice as you would definitely while being in your in your own country well I, I think that um, I think that uh, when I was reading different stories about different uh, refugee camps all over the world uh, there is always this uh, this part when you meet uh, a lot of kindness from people and there are also those parts when you feel also the hostility so uh, that only confirms that you know where where there is good there is evil i guess but uh, well it it had to be extremely tough i now when we put this whole picture together you know it's a uh, uh, you are an extremely brave man you know and being here congratulations <laughs> thank you well really well done thank you and you were actually a boy <laughs> you were actually yeah. just a, just a boy oh, no. i was just a child so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about what happened. How did you actually get to Denmark? Well, you know, uh, when we was actually in the refugees camp, uh, my motivation was that going to school. That's, and, and when we sit with the elders, who will tell us that what, what the Arab did to us, the, the Muslim did to us. So it given us motivation. For me, one of, the, one of the things that I really would like to do is that go to school, study, have education, be a doctor, and help the people and also go back to war to be a soldier because you know being around soldiers is giving you another thinking of this pe this guy there are more men than than the others you know because when somebody tell you that I'm fighting for your right mm -hmm. if you should not think for anything else then you might think as child that when I grow up and be strong enough so I will actually yeah. go back for the revenge and and and, and actually find those who destroy my My, my life, I mean, burned down the house, that mean a lot. The local church that I used to go in, even though it was Christian, it was not the, the, the issue at that time, but the church was mean a lot to us because that was the only 
the local club yeah. that we can all of unite. Course. We find each other. So and um, and then yeah, this this old man they talking about the they talking about uh, the 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 going to the school and all this. So they motivate us. Until we have this in mind, one day we will go to school. But where? We never know this. Until the UNHCR came to collect, they was actually looking for protection cases. Protection cases that was actually more people in need. Because you can get find thousands or millions of people actually in the refugee camp. And everybody yeah, would course. like to come to USA or Australia or Canada or, or Europe or Denmark. Yeah. But at that time, so I was I was away doing my usual business. Uh, then I and then I came back from the compound because the compound that we are in, we like forty to fifty guys living in one circle, mm. and mm-hmm. those people that have no, they have no any relative. They just people who get together. They are brother in the struggle. Mm. So mm-hmm. at that time, so they when does the opportunity come? They always selected the people that they might think, oh, this people is good for us in the long term. Maybe they will be looking at how you take care of your school, how you take care of yourself, and how you can actually manage it to help the society if you get a chance to go far away to go to school. So when I come back home, they, 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 they actually they've been distributed these uh, protection cases where they, they told the community to find people, and then they will form a family. Not biological family, but you can actually mix a family, yeah. and then it look like yours mm. because in somehow they are relative but they're really family they will say okay mm-hmm. these four boys they will be going to the place so i came home uh my uncle which actually relatively to us i was staying with him in refugees camp the last refugees camp that we was in uh it's not uh, and then he was they were talking about giving this form away so there was one place for me to be put in so i could join all the three boys so then we form a, a, a family of four people, which is four brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then actually, then we hear that we should uh, we came to Denmark, and then yeah, we took that case and we went to interview, and we passed the interview, and then that's how the process go. And then that was it. And then from the interview, then we was actually waiting to to come to somewhere. Like we don't know exactly where we're going. I hear Denmark, but I never know what Denmark is because yeah, in my mind I thought. Everybody, every white people come from England. Mm. They're English people. So unless yeah. there was actually one day where I was playing, uh, there was uh, this one uh, chewing gum, chewing gum set with uh, mm-hmm. names on it. Like at that time, the place, the well-known place in the world, you can find the chewing gum and the, you take the photo out of it. There's a name and where they come from. Okay. So the, that time, then I find the guy, Peter Michael, is from Denmark at that time. Okay. And because I never see TV, we don't have a TV at that time. Yeah. I didn't see mm-hmm. how Peter Michael looked like and what he does. But but when the guys come, those who like football, they say, "There's this guy from Denmark, as a goalkeeper, is like a tiger. It's, it's the best." <laughs> and then, so by the stories that they tell about Peter Michaels, it making me interested to find Peter Michaels, uh, uh, what I call um, photo on that yes. one. So I always go to buy. Uh, the steel and gums. You never know that which picture you get. And I've been actually twice, five times, and I'm wasting all my money on just finding him. But then I always get Zinedine Zidane, Ronaldo, Roberto mm. Carlos, and, ah, so and there was boring. a guy from Holland called Climates and Davids. All these players, I don't need them. I need Peter. And then at the time, then uh, one day, one a friend of mine that he had four of the same guy, and then I, we just exchanged. I gave him mine. He was looking for <laughs> Zinedine Zidane, and then I gave him Zinedine Zidane, and then he gave me Peter Michael. 
And then from there, yeah, my dream come true. I was like a kid that get money from confirmations. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, then, uh, so then, yeah, and then that's when actually I find out what Denmark and where we go. So when we hear it, now, guys, you are going to Denmark. So I was, I was excited that, yes, I will go to Denmark to go to school. That was actually what they told us. Mm-hmm. And I was actually, I, I feel as a responsibility that I'm taking because these guys, it should be another person that been given, but they think, oh, that is a good kid. We should replace him. We should give him a chance to go somewhere so he can go and help us okay. in this nation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we were then selected in a certain way. So we, then we, we formed this group with my new brothers. And, yes, and that's how we come to Denmark. So, so more or less, how old were you? I, you already told us that you don't know exactly, but more or less, is it around 15? Or is uh, yeah, at that time it was 12. 12. And, I, mm-hmm. and if... Uh, the reality is that I should be 15 at that time. So I don't know exactly how they come up into the birthday. I don't know which birthday they give. I think those from Kamun, they <laughs> have take somebody's birthday and give it to me. Because even today, finding my mom later on and told me you was not born on 6 September, but <laughs> sometime in December. Like, okay. So, but I think they were just faking something to make this happen. And yes, and, and, and here we are. Maybe so it was a footballer's uh, <laughs> you know, birthday. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, so you got a 12-year-old stamp when exactly. you arrived to Denmark. No. Okay. But according to your mom, you're older, I was born yeah. in, in 86, 85, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, something yeah, around yeah, that. Yeah, so uh, the premise of this whole program that you mentioned, so they are selecting the, the, the kids who... Uh, because you mentioned they look the the way you you act you uh, mm, the way you carry yourself carry in, yourself so within, basically within it's like looking at the potential looking for the potential yeah somehow because you know we have this uh, small tribe or uh, language group so you just you, when you give them something they will trying to find the way they use to solve problems and how mm-hmm. they distribute food and all the good things so so for them is is very important that they 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 look into what God been giving them as a gift. Mm-hmm. But of course, the UN didn't tell them go and look for this. But of course, they call a protection case. The people in need that must actually get this help, and they did in their own way. The eldest they they select people that way. So they take okay. one from this family and from this family, and then they form the family, and then they make it to where they don't come. And the premise is that you will get a good education somewhere, and then you will uh, come back to rebuild the country. Is that the whole, let's say, the general idea? It is, because at that time in my village, you can serve all the cows for the, to send the kid to school. Yeah. Uh, school is a big thing at that time, because you yeah, can get a course. free school, and people mean that when you go to school, you will be able to teach, you will be able to to treat people, you will be a, a doctor, you will be a good leader, you will, you know, you will mm-hmm. bring the development home, the thing that we didn't get, that because that we didn't go to school, and, and the country that we take away from us, that we can get it back if we all go to school mm-hmm. and have education, basic education. So, yeah, so it was, I mean, it was a big deal to us at that time that to go to school. Okay, yeah, that, that sounds like, a, uh, like something that also gives hope To, to the entire, uh, you know, nation, you know, when you are thinking mm. in these terms that mm. you want to send the kids somewhere so mm. they gain the education, they can come back. Mm. But uh, before uh, Marta will continue with the next point, I, I just wanted to make a small remark. I was just thinking about when you were talking how people, uh, especially men and uh, how storytelling 
uh, plays a huge role in a in a refugee camp, and also it uh, somehow have a function of an education and shaping the young minds of boys. And when you were telling that. Uh, uh, there is a certain, there are different feelings. There is a feelings of uh, boys should uh, get education, but also be soldiers to uh, take some vengeance mm. to get the country back. Mm. So I assume that in some aspects, this could become a little bit difficult and probably also toxic. Would Would you say that? If, for instance, you are encouraged to um, instead be. of uh, instead of filling yourself with uh, hope mm. and motivation mm. to to learn, mm. more like motivation for vengeance and to fight back. What what? That's just my question. Yeah, it would actually be uh, because you know when you know shall is whenever what you plan on their head exactly. that what they're growing. So if you've been telling them that shoot to kill, mm-hmm. they will shoot to kill. You yep. know, so that's like what you've been what this old has been giving us. This mm-hmm. lecture is that they've been giving us mm-hmm. is what actually form us to be who we were at that exactly. time. So we was actually forming to go to school. It was one of the things. We was actually touched to kill or to, to, to revenge mm-hmm. is something else that we had. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so that actually it was, it, so it can be difficult at that time because you, the child didn't have alone as a child that you can do what thing actually, what you feel. But it seemed like the community is actually growing you. Mm-hmm. to form you to what they want, I mean, to this nation that they want you to be. Yeah, because I, I could imagine it's a very hermetic environment. It's not like home when mm. you are going around, talking mm. with different neighbors, listening to different things. It's a, And you are a very tight community because mm. you only have each other. Mm. So, yeah. uh, And if they lost as a community, also you lost. Because exactly. the, the things, even right now, when I discovered it, more stories about my background, some of the thing I used to say, we do this. But mm-hmm. when I find the people back home after the reunion with my yeah. family again, I find out actually I took wrong because I was growing up in refugees where I was not home. So yeah. that was the home before that. So and that one that but I learned from the refugees camp, from the people that was there. So they pick up something which was only from that area, from that yeah, place. You know? Exactly. Yeah. But uh, congratulations because you, uh, you strike as a person with a very good energy. And you don't really have any bitterness in you or anything. At least there are definitely, of course, some emotions that you have to cope with. But you have such a positive outlook and such a positive energy. And I think it's also a small victory uh, for you as well, uh, um, the inner one. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, I would like to uh, ask you about how did you manage to establish your roots in Denmark? Well, it was, it actually took me also a time, uh, just like it took me time also to, to realize that my mom wouldn't come to refugees camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, because leaving home without even knowing exactly where your family is. And uh, for all these years, even though I came to the places where there's no war, there's only peace, but the war was still in me. So yeah. I was going to school, I was easily to go fight people without any reason but just because the hunger was still in me, the bitterness that I experienced in my childhood was yeah. still in me. So it was not easy actually to start with, uh, but with the help, uh, later on when I begin to forgive, I forgive because before I had too much blame. I had a blame on Arabs, so mm-hmm. I don't like people that was actually believing, who was not Christian, but the Muslims. And I had this hatred among against them when I actually see because I've, 
feel these are the people actually who chase me away, who kill my father. But later on, I find out exactly it's not this, it's not the Muslims, it's not the, the Arabs, it's somebody else. And then I come to understand that, well, it was this Christianity that come. So it's a European that I should blame for coming and colonize yeah. and teach us. So and the list can keep going and going, you know? Exactly. And the later on, I find out now, I shouldn't blame anybody still except forgiving myself. I forgive myself. I forgive the people I thought that I should give blame to. I even actually forgive my own mom because um, my mom, I always have this thought that mom was actually abandoned me. Uh, it's actually, she of didn't course. want, she don't want to be here to pick me up in a refugee's camp. Mm. So that I should leave alone, uh, like one who have no anybody. But hearing her story later on, it was telling differently that she didn't choose it. It's just something that has happened. She had the same way too, thinking why my son is still alive or is it dead? I mean, even she, yeah. she been told that I'm doing well in a refugee's camp or now to Europe. Uh, she was actually feeling that um, that I'm, uh, I, I'm actually I'm not exist until mm. the day that I went back home. Yeah. So uh, so finding my route in Denmark is uh, it has been tough, but as actually later on I met this guy called Sven Löfner. He's a journalist and uh, and he actually was grew up in in Africa. He's a Danish, but grew up mm-hmm. in born by missionary. He's a major, uh, missionary son that actually. The family went to Africa mm-hmm. to preach the gospel at that time. So uh, we, we've been feeling uh, Sven was actually being a good support for us because we understand him more than all the Danish. And I get a chance also mm-hmm. to, to do, I mean, to learn by myself, like to find myself. I didn't get a chance to listen to anyone. I was doing things by my own. And then later on, I discovered that there's another side of me that I should bring out what I'm seeing from the people, what they told me I was. So I begin to, 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 to feel that, yes, my story is worth it. Um, I could not blame myself for what has happened to me, but I can change the future. And then that's actually, that's when I come to, to find my root, begin to, to understand that I have to find my family, even though I say I don't want to talk to my mom and I want to find them. Later on, then I begin to find out where my mother is and talk to her for the first time on the phone after 16 years. Mm. After 16 years, okay. and that's when I hear her voice and told me that now you have siblings, you have sisters and brothers that are already born because I didn't know them. And, and that, that when I will actually and then begin to, to listen to all these old people who was giving me advice in the refugees camp. So I began to think, oh, I own these people something. I had to. I, can just, I cannot just be gangster here and mm. hearing 50 Cent Tupac. <laughs> and you know, I had bling bling, and D- did you, you know, really? my, my my jean was bigger than this, you know, and okay. my t-shirt is longer than you know. <laughs> oh you can God. you can wear it a dress at that time. But that happens yeah. to everyone, regardless of but what it, they go. But it happened through. because I feel like the rappers have something to tell, yeah. and I always feel like oh, I have a, a business too. I have something to tell them, you know. Fifty mm-hmm. Sun got shot nine times, but I have actually I've been seeing a dead people at that age, so. I feel like I have something to tell. Is you have nothing. I have also something that I experienced at yeah. that time. So, it it and also when you 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 are around people that who don't really get you, you have to find a way they, that they have to understand you. We are human. We of need course. to be accepted, and you have to find something that people can accept you with. And that was only rap at that time because mm-hmm. I rap and I get more popularity at the area. And of course, the girls they were there and and the guys too. So I got friends. But I would think if I have to tell this the looser stories that I'm telling you today, that I will not get a friend. That's that's how I, 
that's how I think as a child at that time. So I didn't want to share my story. I was putting it behind and then trying to catch up with something. So who was your first family? Who was your first close, uh, you know, person or people uh, in Denmark? You know, when we came, we was this four boys, mm -hmm. not biological brothers, but brothers. And then we and we actually stay together as brother even now. There are more brothers uh, than the, my biological family. And uh, those are were the youngest one among the four guys. So mm -hmm. we stay in a place called Gram, is in the southern part of Jutland. And then we stay there and the commune was actually coming to us, make sure that we they cook for us and they're waking up in the morning. And yeah, and then there was uh, Kirsten and Lise. They worked for the commune, but they were actually more attaching to us like a family. They were not just mm -hmm. commune, but they were actually, they even took us closer as a family mm -hmm. to them. So that was actually the first family. The second family was Sven and Yed. That was actually a group that actually we, we come to bind. They're helping us actually to, to, we went to the same church with them. And we, you know, we, we talk with them, we share a story and they seem listening. So and then that's, yeah. Because, you know, when you have a, a role model that that thinks, it will actually make you think, wow, then I can be like them, you know. Yeah. But you can listen to the person who just tell you your stories without putting them into action. Mm -hmm. As a child or as a person that who've been through a lot, we wouldn't listen to anyone. You need somebody to say, yes, I understand you. I know you got this, but I'm doing this. And small, small, you can do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So there was a Sven and, and, and Sven and Yed. Yeah. Okay. So with difficulties at the beginning, but with time, you have es established some roots here in Denmark. Is yes. Is that yes. well understood? Yes. And but, then but I can also uh, see that you are going through a very typical teenager mm. things. That's I, I think it's uh, now because I have a daughter who is going into teenage mm. years now. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, when I imagine and you were talking about this rap phase mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, you want to impress people or mm -hmm. get, you know, yeah. and coming with all this mental luggage and trying to be a teenager who mm. goes for the very simple things like any other teenager, mm. that's that's really tough. That that is tough. So uh, I I have to say I'm I'm really impressed by you, Red. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I am. Thank you. And then you said it was very difficult for you, and at the beginning you did not want to talk to your mother, but with the time you found out that this is in some way to actually get the part of getting peace with yourself mm, was actually to get peace with your that's mother. That's when I find my roots again and then begin to, uh, to, to, to pick up the phone, connect with my mom. And later on uh, in 2014, when I, when, we already, when I already find myself, because I, I was actually busy trying to find myself where I am as a person yeah. before helping others. So I begin to reunion with my mother in 2013 for the first time up to 19 years. That's when I met her in the refugee camp in Kakuma. Okay. So I went there to see her. And then um, I went through Kampala from Uganda. And then we take, because I don't have a proper passport. I don't have a passport today. I have my UN, yeah, what called the, the blue one, the travel document. And mm -hmm. that's only what I have. So today, actually, you can ask me if the, the worst thing, actually, I, I find difficult is when I'm filling the form, when they're asking you, what is your nationality? Mm. Because when I left Sudan, it was one Sudan. But while I was away, they separated. Now yeah. there's a South Sudan and Sudan. Yes. So, and my document is still that I was from Sudan. Mm -hmm. So right now it can actually, it's really difficult for me actually to fill the form 
in a way that yeah. I could be a correct way. Mm. <laughs> yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, so then, yeah, then I reunion with my mom after 19 years, and that one actually I feel that I found back the roots because I began to talk with my mother about the thing that I don't know from the beginning, from, from the everything, like asking questions just like a little child. Mm-hmm. While the older siblings, were well, younger than me, they already get those information because they grew mm-hmm. up home. But for me, I had to get it, I had to start it from zero again and just to be a good friend with my mom and, you know, yeah. and normal actually the relation between the son and the mother is, is it's not always, it used to be often that way. It's always girls and the mother. But for me, in my situation now, it's my mother and, you know, it's a, it's a relation between the son and the mother because I'm getting information that I didn't get as a child because I didn't get a chance to get okay. all those information. And now you talk to your mom regularly or sometimes... When time allow, yes, uh, you know when you know the Africa, the technology still is, the technology is still not there. You know mm-hmm. you don't reach things that don't work just smoothly like it here in Denmark. So, okay. so I have to buy a card. I have like a mobile, which is actually I have two phone. The small one is for Africa. I only use it to buy cards so I can talk to my mother. Mm-hmm. Because when we talk, it's not just ten minutes. It's it's more than that because I'm. I'm getting, getting his stories. I'm getting mm. things that I miss out. So mm-hmm. when I call her and I guess she answer, I talk for the one hour and, and, and so on. And then my younger sibling that which actually have put in, uh, which are uh, together with her and the refugees come in Kakuma, I, uh, I talk to them through Wi-Fi. So whenever mm-hmm. they get chance to, to come to the closer mountain to, to mm-hmm. kite the Wi-Fi or to kite the internet if the network is not working, <laughs> okay. so then, then I can talk to them. So I talk to them through Facebook and Facebook Messenger as well. Okay. okay, so it does sound like you are at peace with yourself, like at this moment of your time, and you have actually established your family here in Denmark, exactly. where you have your own family already. You're actually the father that is building the roots exactly. for your daughter. Ex- exactly. And we are having very few time until the end of the show. And I would like to ask that question that I said that I will ask. Um, the surprise at the end. question? Yes. Yes. So... In you've got five options. We are right now at coming back to the roots. And that's why we have invited you here. And we were talking about finding your roots mm. when they've been stolen by the war. Mm. But we also have that question that Anna came up with. Uh, did I? Uh, yes. <laughs> Not my fault. I t- yes. So I have decided to steal it with uh, grace and uh, ask that question. In times of apocalypse, if apocalypse would come, how would your personal skills, what you have gone through, help you in this kind of situation? So like, you know, suddenly there is, let's say, apocalypse, there is no technology. Suddenly there is no um, no electricity, no technology. How what you have gone through could help you survive? Well, so to go back to alternate routes again, so that how we run away from the village to, to mm-hmm. find water, to survive, to find clean water, to, you know, those this, this are the things, the experience that I went through that I will use them. And, and also to, to, to go and meet the new people that I never met before. Because, you know, when I came, was, came to Denmark, I never knew that I would be in the places where I was surrounded by the white people as a majority. People, I come from the village where it's not normal to see the white person. But yeah. when I come to Gram, it become opposite, you know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but with my experience now, it wouldn't be the same way. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't understand that there's a people that who might be not looking like me or they have eyes. You know, that, that, that would be something that I would still remember that when I go to another place, there would be a change. There would be this experience that I can use. 
And, uh, and we can go on and on. There's so many things that I learned through my journey uh, mm-hmm. to be a child of war, come from the Kedah camp to the refugees camp and then to the places where with the, the, the first world country. Yeah. Where the things accessible for everything, and it's easy for you to have access to anything, access to clean water, mm. know how to pretend the light, you can drive a car. So the things yeah. are new to me. So by experience, that actually I could, I could definitely survive. That I, way. I I would I would put my bet on you if if uh, like in Orhus, you know, <laughs> there would be some post-apocalyptic event when there is no electricity. I, <laughs> I would bet. <laughs> first of all, I would. Find you. <laughs> I will bring all the people I love <laughs> next to you, and then I will make also a bet on you. I, I think when you look at the way we live, you know it's a it's a it's a very convenient, great way. Mm-hmm. But um, I think we are we actually that's one of the things about the season. We feel vulnerable mm-hmm. because we don't really know that many things that are basic. Mm-hmm. You know. And actually, we we are very much dominated and managed by technology. So basically, yes, if there is an apocalypse, I'm calling you straight away. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah. Because yes. you I have, have a <laughs> yeah, because you have gone through it on so many different levels, like yeah. you've mentioned. I mean, first of all, war is an apocalypse. Mm. Yes, it's like mm. it's, exactly. So you have gone, mm. you know, and you have been through all that part of looking for water, mm. looking for food, mm. and so on, which is very basic, Survival and we don't skills. really know how to do it. Mm. And here, yeah, I mean, yes, here, someone don't. who has been raised like that, that's one thing. Second thing, you actually figure out how to start to make money in very basic, you know, mm. uh, society, so to speak. You, you've you learned how to do business in these, you know, exactly. post-apocalyptic yeah. times. Exactly. You've learned how to find yourself in a completely different surroundings, mm. you know, how to survive without your family, mm. without your culture country and so on so uh, totally you would be completely and and i think also that the whole mental and emotional thing you know because you were open that there were difficult moments that Mm. there were things you had to cope Mm. with even even now still you know still i'm struggling with sleeping Uh, i sleep with the with the with with the music Mm -hmm. to check away the nightmares and all this drama and trauma Mm -hmm. that i went through to, to just that to because if I sleep without music, I will not fall asleep. If I had to work in the morning, then I will slave over, you know, because that would take time for me to fall asleep. Yeah. Uh, so at the same thing also, again, with, I would say that also with, with other things, it was just one of the examples, yeah. you know, so, yeah. We are arriving. I'm still working on it. Yeah. Yeah. We are arriving at the very end of our show, uh, because it's a live show. So uh, they will just cut us from. from Dennis, our our (laughs) lovely technician, will just uh, cut us uh, out completely uh, at any point of time. So I just wanted to say thank you for coming here and uh, sharing your story with us. Yeah. Thank you for for being you. Actually. Thank you for for having me here. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks Thank you, so. everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. You are listening to You've Got Five Options radio show, where we hopefully convinced you that five indeed is a magic number. To catch up with our previous programs, apply to be our guest, send us your life challenge or just to see how do we really look like, visit our website, the5options.com. Music
We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more. That's all, folks. <laughs>